Welcome to PS, the Puget Sound podcast, where we're talking to members of our campus community about their Puget Sound experiences. I'm Elena Becker, and my guest today is Hoi Chung, an alum in the class of 2018. Hoi graduated with a degree in chemistry, and he's now an EMT in San Francisco, where he's also studying to become a paramedic and to earn his master's in public health. Today, as always, the Puget Sound podcast is recorded and produced by Moonyard Studio right here in Tacoma. Here's Hoy. Hoy, welcome to the Puget Sound podcast. Thanks for having me. I'm so fired up to have you here. And I want to start by asking you the question I'm asking everybody now for almost a year. We're recording in early 2021. So where oh, yeah. <laughs> in the world are you? You could be calling in from anywhere. Yeah, uh, I'm currently in San Francisco, California, um, the good old Golden State, the home of the Warriors. And I believe it is also the home of Hoi Chung, right? You grew up in San Francisco. That's where you went to high school. Yes, I, I went to Galileo Academy of Science and Technology. Uh, my mom actually went there. Uh, so you can say that I'm a legacy. Um, is that as fancy as it sounds? No, absolutely not. It is anything with academy in the name makes me think like kind of patrician. Yeah, yeah. Um, it sounds fancy, but uh, we we have like I guess like our claim to fame is uh, I don't know if I should share this on the podcast, but OJ Simpson actually went to my high school, um, and our football field was actually named after him until the whole incident. Uh, we changed it to George White Field, and we have a tunnel that connects our school. Um, to the football field. So I guess that's pretty cool. Who's George White? I have no idea. <laughs> that, that sounds right. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> and what are you now doing back in San Francisco? Did you go right back after college? And then what are you, what are you doing for work? What are you doing? What's, what's your life like in San Francisco? Yeah, um, I am currently a uh, full-time student uh, I'm I'm doing two programs, uh, an MPH program uh, through Tulane, and I'm also in paramedic school. Uh, I work as an EMT, and I volunteer at the San Francisco Botanical Garden as a program aide now in COVID, and I do uh, COVID swabbing and uh, COVID vaccinations here and there whenever I can. And I want to come back and talk about all of that in detail. But before we do that, I want to kind of set up the trajectory because one of the themes that has emerged on the podcast and that I believe is also true of you is how many people found that their journey really evolved throughout the time that they were in college and after. So knowing all the things that you're doing now, is that the outcome you anticipated when you picked a college and went to college? Um, that's a that's a really great question. Uh, to be honest, I didn't think that I would be in any of these roles that I'm currently in, like public health, EMT, uh, working at, at the botanical garden, and even like working with, uh, I guess, like people who may test positive for uh, the coronavirus. Um, so during my gap year after school, after graduating in 2018, um, I took a gap year and I was thinking at that time, oh, maybe like pharmacy school would be pretty cool. I was interested in like me uh, the mechanisms 
of cells and I was just taking some prerequisites like anatomy, physiology, microbiome. And over the summer, I took an EMT class. I just fell in love with the work, uh, getting to talk to people and just help them in just like a small way, like grabbing a blanket for them. And one thing led to another. And here I am doing all these things with a, with a pretty crazy schedule. So, uh, yeah, I, I think looking back now, like if you were to tell me like, hey, you're going to be doing this, this, this and that, I would have probably laughed in your face and called you funny names. <laughs> Do, <laughs> did you, when you came to Puget Sound, did you know science? When you said your high school, it was a STEM high school. So were you pretty set on that track? Um, for the most part, I thought that's what I was good at, uh, the STEM stuff. I wasn't, I wasn't the best lit guy or uh, history. Um, so I, I just knew that like science was something that I was interested in, like physical sciences. Um, but also in my high school, I did take, I did take a couple AP classes, but uh, in, in like history, world history and U.S. history, but other than that, I just knew that like science was the way to go uh, for and, me, at least. And what did you major in at Puget Sound? Uh, I was a chemistry major with a math minor. And tell me about that. Like, how did you narrow in on those things in particular? Um, so in, in the theme of things, the not knowing what I'm doing, I was actually thinking the 3-2 engineering program um, since our school didn't have uh, engineering, we partnered with other schools like USC, uh, Washington, St. Louis, and Columbia. That's what it was in my time. Is that still? St still correct. Yeah, good job. Cool. You can have my job. <laughs> uh, may maybe, maybe once I'm done with all the other things that <laughs> I'm doing. But um, yeah, like like with the, with the background that I had in high school, I, just, I thought that that was what I wanted to do. But once when I took some upper division math courses, I was not, it was not my cup of tea. Uh, I got up to differential equations. It was, it was interesting um, seeing the people in my class find it interesting. <laughs> um, so I, I, I said, I don't think this is for me. So I just stuck out the chem major. I was already on track for my thesis at that point. So there was no going back. Um, so Took some, I, and then I took some bio classes and then I thought, oh, wow, like biochem's pretty interesting. Um, but I, I couldn't have the class space to squeeze it in. So I just stuck out the, the chemistry. And since I took differential equations, I met the requirements for a math minor. And I am in many ways the reverse of you. So oh. <laughs> I yeah. am very much like a humanities and social sciences gal. I took some AP science classes in high school. So I've had AP bio, I've had chem basic chemistry, I've had basic mm -hmm. physics, but yeah. I am not naturally equipped to really understand like what a college chemistry degree teaches you. Mm -hmm. So can you help folks think about and help me think about when you're studying chemistry at the college level, what are you yeah. actually learning? Um, so like, like high school, we start out with uh, the basic chemistry course, general chemistry. And depending um, on your background, you can go down three different tracks. 
the beginning, the beginning track where you're taking general chemistry, the middle track where you're taking the stuff you learned in high school and applying it a little bit more. Um, I think back, back in my day, uh, Dr. Uh, Stephen Neshba taught the, taught the Chem 115 class, the more advanced track. Um, and he was talking like pretty much like solar, like why we have radiation and explaining that whole deal and talking more about orbitals. Um, just very like advanced like chemistry topics that I learned in the back end of my uh, high school class. And the even more advanced track is uh, I think if you get a four or five on the AP Chem exam, you can pretty much skip the beginning and intermediate track and automatically go into organic chemistry, which is a second year uh, chemistry course. And then throughout my education at Puget Sound, we just took deep dives into uh, different aspects of chemistry. So like organic chemistry was uh, the whole series I took sophomore year. Junior year is physical chemistry. So like thermodynamics and quantum mechanics. And then senior year, if, if you go down the chemistry major, um, you're working with a professor and you're pretty much working on your thesis. You're uh, sort of putting yourself into their lab and you're helping them do research and whatever you end up doing, you're writing it up and you're presenting it um, to uh, a pretty much a, a presentation, um, which is like this, the the magnum opus of your work at Puget Sound. And this is an audio medium. So I want to say to folks that when you said presentation and magnum opus, you did like raise your hands above your head and do a like yeah. high ceiling gesture uh, to really underline how, what a big deal that is. Yeah. Uh, the thesis presentation is something that I remember from my experience at Puget Sound uh, where they, they catered, snacks and coffee water tea and we really had like a symposium that mimicked uh, what we would expect in the real world and that's what i that's what i remember being super nervous gave my presentation got some great comments and when i went to the acs conference my senior year that's exactly what happened like people stood up they delivered their research and they took they fielded questions with snacks so it was really cool. What did you write your thesis on? Um, so I, I wrote my thesis on sort of like an energy diagram where we partnered with another lab. And they were the, they were the ones in charge of creating a black box that took one thing and spit it out. So pretty much the black box would take A to D. And then in the middle, I was using a computational program to pretty much map out the energies of each step of the reaction. When you came to college, Hoi, were you thinking of it purely as an academic enterprise? Like I'm gonna come and I'm gonna major and take these courses and get my degree? Or were you also, did you have expectations around community or personal growth or, or sort of your life outside of being a scholar also? Um. To be completely honest, I I came into college because it was expected. Uh, for some reason, our school district really pushed us to apply to college and end up at some college. So I I sort of embodied that 
let's just let's just do it and see what happens. So I didn't have any expectations coming in. Um, I found I found Puget Sound through a book recommendation called Just That Changes Lives. Um, and I narrowed down my search to, I think, two schools from there. And I applied to a couple at University of California's, I think, Santa Cruz and a couple other of them. Uh, but I ended up coming to Puget Sound because of the great weather and the great location and... I think that the quality of education that I received here, I ended up receiving here um, was something that I really, I didn't know I valued at the time, but something that I look back on and I'm really glad that I uh, came here and did a little bit of learning. (laughs) And when you say quality of education, what do you mean by that? What are you thinking of when you say that? I think the depth that I guess in the chemistry department uh, they really pushed us to understand Um, at times it was pretty difficult, but just really, I think the, the question why and how really sticks out to me Um, because when I was in, in Harnett hall, our, uh, our lab building um, pretty late, I just remember just digging into the textbook, like why does this, why does this equation work the way it does? And now what does it tell me? So it's like, just like that, those sort of questions that I was wondering um, late night, so. I think that feels like a hallmark of my college education as well, which again, yeah. I've said was obviously at the same place, but in a very different <laughs> subject area. Yeah. But I really remember, you know, I, I was lucky to go to a really well-resourced high school. It was also a high school that put a lot of emphasis on going to college. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do remember feeling like my college education focused a lot more on my being able to ask good questions than just on my being able to answer them. Whereas I felt like my time in high school had oftentimes, and I think this is true for a lot of people, but been structured around how do you answer questions? So not even necessarily like, do you know a fact that you can regurgitate on a test, but even like write a research paper and answer a question. And in college, to your point about why and how, I felt like my education was structured it, it made me sound silly to say in a way that felt creative, but in a way that to oh, me felt yeah. creative about like, what questions do I have? How can I frame them? Who's talking about these things? And how do I connect my thoughts and ideas to these bigger dialogues? And that was a really different way of thinking about education for me. Yeah, absolutely. Um, for, for my research project, we would have research meetings, very informal, but uh, the professor would just always ask like, hey, like, what do you, what do you think would work? What would you want to do? Like, what are other things that we could think about? Um, so speaking to your point of creativity, that is absolutely true in our department as well. So maybe that is uh, an underspoken theme of our education. It's well, how to be creative, right? And it's cool to think about it in the context of the chemistry department, because I think, again, for a lot of people in high school, chemistry I think <laughs> the class in particular, where it feels like you learn facts. Like, okay, how do I draw a Lewis dot structure or Mm -hmm. okay how do ions work right like very measurable skills and to hear you talk about it as a creative enterprise too is that that feels really important to me yeah 
Yeah, um, I think a lot of it is just sticking through the boring, mundane, abstract thoughts. And once when you, I think like getting into lab um, and just seeing like the variety of applications there are, uh, maybe that will help with the whole mundane stuff. That's exactly what happened to me um, because it's, it's, it was really weird um, coming, coming in with somewhat of a chem background. I just thought, oh, this is going to be pretty boring. I think I might major in biology, but the more, the more labs I did uh, with, with the professors here who were super enthusiastic about their work, I think that really made the difference uh, for me at least to think about it in a, in a different perspective. Just that, that little change, a little addition really helped. Want to study psychology in Austria, home to Sigmund Freud? How about getting up close and personal with lemurs in Madagascar? Or advance your Chinese and gain on-the-job learning with an internship in Taiwan? Hi, I'm Roy Robinson, Director of International Programs at Puget Sound, and we're pleased to offer students more than 100 different study abroad opportunities on six continents. We believe studying abroad is a perfect complement to a liberal arts education and helps students to become creative problem solvers and develop into global citizens. It also connects students to an international perspective on our campus right here in Tacoma. Students at Puget Sound can pair their time abroad with an academic major in international political economy, biology, Asian studies, environmental policy and decision-making, or many more globally focused fields. You can learn more about these opportunities at the Puget Sound website or in many of the stories highlighted right here in the Puget Sound podcast. How much do you think that experience of thinking about your education in a creative way allowed you to get to where you are now? I think it just really helped me be confident in what my ideas are and what I want out of my experience. Um, I think in graduate school, your experience is what you make out of it. It's very hands-off, it, well, especially in my program where we meet six times a semester and we do work offline mostly because it is an online program uh, meant for people who work full-time. So the, the level of engagement is really uh, at your decision and pretty much in your hands. So the more, the more creative you want to be, the, I, want, I almost wanna say like the better feedback from like an industry professional that you're gonna get. So speaking to your point about creativity, it, it's really like boundless in terms of what pretty much what you want to get out of it. And I would think too, that it takes some, I'll say creativity again, to keep yeah. with this theme, some creativity, but also to borrow your term, some confidence to even lean into a gap year. You mentioned at the very beginning of our conversation, when I asked about what you were doing now that you took a gap year after you graduated from Puget Sound and before starting any kind of graduate program. Mm -hmm. And that feels like a pretty bold thing to do. I think it does take a particular type of confidence to be able to say, I'm okay not having an infrastructure, but just stepping out and seeing what I like and what feels good and what feels interesting and, and following that. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Um, 
I, I mean, personally, I think opportunities are there waiting for you, but it's just a matter of finding the right fit. So then you can really just be fantastic and be uh, great at what you do. Did you feel nervous about it at all? Uh, oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I would be lying if I told you I, I did it. Um, I think it was just hard to see, um, seeing a lot of my close friends uh, have these fantastic plans laid out for them uh, to be industry professionals eventually and to go off and have a job lined up actually. Um, and, and just seeing that was really hard. Um, I had a lot of great conversations with uh, professors at uh, Puget Sound and one takeaway from that is just take the time off to really figure out what you want to do. Um, because uh, she's, she's also a camp professor. Uh, maybe she's listening right now, but um, she was saying, yeah, like I, I got to my third year of my PhD program in chemistry and I really had like a moment where I, I don't know if I wanted to come back. So she talked to her PI or the primary investigator of her lab and she told her the situation and the professor just said, take as much time off as you want. And when she came back in, it, I think like six months or a year, the professor told her, I didn't think you were going to come back. And so that really, that really uh, spoke a lot to me. And that's why I did what I did. And at what point in the trajectory of post-college Hoy did you feel like, okay, I'm on to something. Like, this feels good. I feel fulfilled. I, I am really like standing confidently in this path and in going forward on it. I haven't really thought about this, but I think, I think, I think maybe like the second week of my EMT class when I started, when we started actually doing cool stuff, uh, like learning how to get a manual blood pressure um, and like understanding what medic, some like some medication does like aspirin um, and why you would want to give that if someone were having a heart attack. Uh, I thought like, wow, like this is, this is a sort of application tangible, uh, I guess like experience that I, I valued. And I didn't think I valued that when I was going to school. And now that you have completed that program, you're working EMT, what does that mean what do you do when you go to work yeah so uh when i when i go to work i work with a paramedic so pretty much the difference between an emt and a paramedic is a paramedic is the highest level of uh pretty much the pre-hospital care team so they can they can like do a lot of a really cool stuff like put in ivs um, they can like give a lot of medications, uh, like for example, like uh, Zofran or Ondansetron for uh, nausea vomiting. Um, they can also give pain medication, and that is something me as an EMT I can't do. So a lot of times, what I end up doing is I help out the paramedic. So I put on uh, heart monitoring. I get a blood pressure. I get the oxygen level. Um, for the, for my paramedic and I pretty I usually end up driving a lot, which is something I didn't anticipate. Uh, 
because does that mean you're driving an ambulance? Yeah, yeah, is, I get to drive an ambulance, which is really cool. Um, that seems like it is not like driving a car, not just because it's big, but like you can go through red lights and stuff, right? Uh, yeah, safely, but only <laughs> on certain uh, certain um, situations. Sure, where it's where if it's actually like the patient is unstable and very then uh, their life is in danger or uh, we need to get to the patient really fast. So um, we do turn on the lights and the sirens. Um, fun fact, they're actually separate, separate buttons. You so have to hit you, two, one for lights, one for sirens. Yeah. And then you can like rotate the different sounds. So then people hear, uh, people hear you. Oh, cool. Uh, yeah. So like going lights and sirens is actually very dangerous. To contrary belief it is really cool but it's also very dangerous so it's like that risk benefit that we always weigh and presumably um, you have to learn how to do it like is that a part of the emt course also no um so for for me i learned that through uh, my company that i uh, that i'm currently working at in san francisco right now it's like a and it's like a whole day or a couple of days of learning on the job so it was a little different than than school which is a nice change and how does your work as an EMT intersect with your life as a student and your experience in a, in a master's of public health program? Yeah. So the, the master's of where the master's of public health comes in is it really allows me to understand all the trends that I'm seeing at work. Um, since we do work primarily with a very vulnerable population in San Francisco um, the, the public health really, really uh, helps me tie things together and it shifts my perspective into a more broader perspective and scope rather than a very narrowed individualized. So it's very, it, I guess it's a very um, weird to think about it in both a individual and bigger population perspective, if that makes sense. Well, I assume you sort of are like living through examples and counter examples for the things you're studying. More so examples than counter examples. Yeah. Um, just seeing a lot of uh, obstructive pulmonary diseases like COPD or asthma, seeing a lot of those patients and thinking back to our health system and how sometimes coverage might be hard and because they are low income, they might not get all the help that they can or be able to afford continued uh, treatments. So just, just really seeing examples of what I'm talking about helps put everything into perspective. Does it change the way you think about your career path or your studies or your classes? Um, I don't think so. It, if anything, it really uh, reassured that I'm going down the right path. And I think being able to help somebody and just to provide some direction for them in their time of need is very uh, meaningful and something very powerful that I didn't know that I wanted to get myself into. Tell me about your involvement with the San Francisco Botanical Gardens. Where did that come from? Yeah, so pre, pre-pandemic, I was a children's walk guide. So I gave tours to uh, elementary school uh, kiddos, uh, K through five. 
um, just took them around the garden and just showed them uh, some plants and like how the ecosystem works. But now in COVID times, I've been working as a program aide. So we are putting uh, on a program for for pretty much uh, moms who uh, can't really go outside with their kids. Uh, so like we have like pinecone basketball, like stump jump and like little areas for them to take their mask off and have a snack. So I just like help with the maintenance and setup of the program now. One of the reasons I really wanted to ask about this is because I think the rest of your resume kind of has a connecting theme. <laughs> like we, like we've been talking a lot about health and medicine. We've been talking a lot about sort of cellular level science. Yeah. And I think that is something that is really easy for people to do, right? Is to sort of bullet point each other because otherwise we know too many people to hold the complexity of a human being in our head. So it's easy to think, okay, hoy, like medicine, public health, chemistry that all kind of fits into like the same story mm -hmm. do you see your work in the gardens and with kids as also part of that story and part of that same theme or does it feel like something different that you have sought out because it is distinct and it's a different interest and it lets you kind of actualize a different part of yourself um I think that all stemmed from my time with the orientation program. Is that, is that the, the thing now? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So called something different back when uh, you and I were, yeah. back when you and I were, were orientation leaders, but yes, now yep. orientation program would be familiar language to anybody listening. Okay. I'm, I'm back in the lingo and the swing of things a little bit. Um, yeah. So the, so we were both passages leaders way back when, and uh, the, the outdoor education is something that grew on me. Um, just being able to be outside and to teach or maybe share um, a lesson or just some, maybe like something that I've been thinking about with, with a group. Um, I was trying to find the same outlet uh, when I moved back home. So, that's that's why I did the botanical garden volunteer and also fun fact I actually did the children's walk program when I was going to school so it was sort of me tying loose ends but also going full circle and finding an opportunity to do something that I was interested in and it plays into sort of this this really cool thing that I learned on a podcast called Medic Mindset, where it's, it really adds the beauty to the beauty to death ratio. Um, something that I didn't really realize that I needed or was doing until I, until a, a paramedic classmate shared the podcast with me. Um, so pretty much what it is, is just finding a really a great balance between um, beauty, like plants, nature, being lost in the garden, like being something around something that's alive to the grueling, sometimes um, tough situations that I find myself in because of work. And just sometimes seeing the things that others probably won't see in a lifetime. So just striking that balance is why I keep doing what I do. 
do you have thoughts about what comes next as you finish your education, as you sort of look into the next year, the next several years? What are you thinking about? Yeah, uh, hopefully, hopefully uh, finishing <laughs> both programs. Uh, but maybe like community uh, flight or critical care paramedicine is something that I might do in the hopefully close future and maybe like epidemiology or a policy analyst with my public health degree. I haven't really uh, given much thought to, uh, to what's next, but just really focusing on what I'm doing now. Hoi, we end all of our conversations by asking everybody the same four questions. Yeah. First question is, where is your favorite place on campus at Puget Sound? Yeah. Uh, the chemistry resource room on the third floor of the, the science building is my favorite place because there, there's like, I, I'm not sure if I haven't been back in a while, but the, the comfy rolly chairs with the chalkboard is, is my favorite spot uh, to do work in and just one of my favorite spots because it looks off onto Oppenheimer Cafe. So if there's a line, uh, I'm just going to sit there until classes start and then I'm going to go get some coffee. I always thought of those rooms kind of like Hogwarts common rooms. Like they're so cool. And there's the chemistry room, the biology room, and they have mm -hmm. these big bookshelves and these comfy chairs and these big windows. Yeah. Just are like great. Yeah. Uh, great, great spot to check out for prospective students. What are you reading right now? Um, I haven't been reading a whole lot because I do a lot of reading for, for school. Uh, I've started listening to uh, this podcast called uh, Home Cooking with Sami Nazrat, the, the author of uh, Salt, Fat, Acid, Heat. And they just talk about like home recipes and stuff about food. So really, really good. Where is the best place to eat in Tacoma? Um, I think for the 21 and unders, uh, Goofy Goose, uh, the chicken and rice combo is, I think, arguably the best in Tacoma. And uh, for, for the people of age, uh, Peaks and Pints is a mm -hmm. spot that I've liked. Uh, fun story, uh, my, my, uh, my old lab partner in biochem, we'd go to a different... Um, brewery after lab um every week so peaks and pints we've been there a couple times and we were just traveling throughout tacoma and good sandwiches absolutely too. um lastly hoy why is puget sound special um for me it's a place where a diverse group of people can learn and teach each other like outdoor skills, something that I had no knowledge of until I came here, uh, schoolwork, uh, music, uh, and culture. So that's what makes it special for me. Hoi Chung, thank you for joining me on the Puget Sound podcast. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to PS, the Puget Sound podcast. If you're interested in applying to or visiting Puget Sound, you can find out more at pugetsound.edu admission. And of course, you can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook 
at UNIV, U-N-I-V, Puget Sound. I'm Elena Becker, and we'll see you next time for P.S., the Puget Sound Podcast.